0: Swish 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 Swish
1: Swish Swish The theme Swish <laughs> I mean, by the time this comes out, the theme song will have been out a while. So. Hell yeah! And it, and it'll look like it's been out the whole time. No, yes. will, Not by then. <laughs> no, it, it it no, it will, because I'll I'm just gonna go on and add it. but okay, yeah, so go, go for, for it. it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I don't have my um goddamn fan. <laughs> I just wanted a little bit of air, but that's fine.
0: <laughs> we'll just stifle a little staleness.
1: Uh, My friends and I do our uh, TV show nights on Mondays now. What are you guys watching? We are almost done with Peaky Blinders. Hell yeah. Guess what we're watching next, because I got to pick. Oh, no.
0: What are you watching next?
1: It's one of our favorite shows.
0: One of our favorite shows? House of the Dragon?
1: No. Well. We've already done that.
0: Oh. The Witcher?
1: No, we've already done that. Shit.
0: Help me out.
1: Um... lots of pagan and christian interactions (gasps) last kingdom yes yes (laughs) oh man i missed that show show is so good i'm gonna tell them when we're watching um, that we gotta get through season one yeah
0: (laughs) you gotta get okay first you gotta get through the first three episodes
1: yes then you gotta struggle through season one but i
0: promise it ages like fine-ass wine it
1: does (laughs) it's one of the very few shows that i would say legitimately gets better each season yes. which is very rare for television yes. um, anyway. and everything gets better not just like
0: <laughs> yeah the show itself but the acting the writing the cinematography the cinematography
1: oh. the music everything yeah. yeah but yeah we are we're not listening I to music was perfection <laughs> in the beginning and all the way through <laughs> that's fair that's fair I, I would just say the sound mixing gets better that's true. but we're not listening to a podcast about the last kingdom that'd be fun
0: it would be you know the guys started they exist. started a podcast and they only got to like three episodes and they quit and i was like god damn it guys you were funny the guys the um <sighs> mark alex and arnas the Finnin utrid and citric
1: what were they doing a podcast they were where? just talking about the show and just screwing oh, around. oh <laughs> fair <laughs> Yeah. I think people start a podcast and they realize, oh, this is actual work. This is a lot of fucking work. Yeah. Anyway, so what what is this podcast that everyone is this listening to in their ear holes with the awesome theme
0: song <laughs> and the swish swish swords? Is difficult damsels. Hell yeah! Hell
1: yeah! What's it about, Rachel? It is about badass and amazing and sometimes problematic women from history. Yeah. I like how I've added the problematic. I know thing now. The, the adjectives are just gonna keep going. Are they adjectives or are they verbs? I don't know. They're this adjectives. is not an
0: English verbs class. is an action, so they're adjectives.
1: Yeah, because adjectives fine. are just. Dis- guys.
0: We're they're writers, and we don't know this.
1: <laughs> they are descriptive. Yeah. It just comes. It just. Happens. I just wasn't. I wasn't aware there was gonna be a pop quiz. Yeah. Even though you're gonna you, have some pop. You quizzes. give me pop
0: quizzes every goddamn episode.
1: Who Imagine. are you? Who are you again? I am Cat. I am Rachel. Awesome. I, gave Kat, I don't know. That would be like if you were a queen, you would yeah. be Queen Cat the Awesome. Yeah. I think I would be, gosh, what would I be?
0: Okay, if we're actually going to do this for real, it's Queen not the Rachel
1: awesome. the Mesmerized. I don't know.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'll stick with Awesome.
1: I, I wouldn't be a queen, though. Okay, have you heard of that, like, King Poet Soldier quiz that's like going around? they like, fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> it's apparently was inspired by a song and then like people have been taking the quiz and it's been like wrecking their lives so maybe we had you do the quiz at the what end what the fuck does that mean because you find out if you're a king a poet or a soldier and they um, all have like good traits and bad traits and a lot of people are like i got blah 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 and i'm not okay with it i got poet because hmm. poets are i feel like a way for me right <laughs> Acutely, always depressed. I feel like you'd either get king or soldier. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So I'll probably get poet. Maybe. <laughs> you should like, take it. It's a very interesting. It's a very interesting like personality type test, and a lot of how the- many questions are there? I think it's twenty. <sighs> okay. We can play it by ear and decide because <laughs> I I didn't come up with a random I question. Mean, I mean, I'll
0: do it, but like
1: <laughs> twenty questions is a lot
0: of questions. <laughs>
1: It is, but they're interesting questions. Okay. okay. So, fine. Anyway. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> anyway,
0: moving on from this rough start <laughs> Are
1: you ready to um, talk about part two of Queen Melisande?
0: Hell yeah. Are we talking about Melisande or are we talking about her sister?
1: We never finished Melisande's story. We are on part oh, two. Snap. Remember, her uh, husband died chasing oh, a hare yes. yeah. with a lance? yeah guys listen
0: to your wives when they tell you not to do stupid shit <laughs> we are the reason most. she didn't are tell alive. him
1: not to do stupid shit but i think she was just kind of like oh you want to chase it down with a lance why not yeah okay. no <laughs> she was devastated at the end she yeah. pulled her hair out she haired she pulled her hair out <laughs> she did what's it called when you do that like immense grieving wailing keening keening yeah. that is the official like greek word yep. for it keening yep.
0: I would strongly suggest you like close. Oh, I guess you can't because you're reading off of it.
1: Never mind. Can I need that. Right. It's fine. If <laughs> we're joined by a, a one of Cat's many unofficial co-hosts, yeah, we have Finn in with us. Finn. He's, he's a lot better than the others. He doesn't like. Yeah. I mean, he will he walk just walks over. all over
0: you. He's
1: just yeah. cute and distracting. So if I seem distracted, <laughs> it's because I've got this. Because he's trying
0: to drink her water.
1: Panther cat trying to drink my water. He will put his
0: foot. <laughs> Like fully submerged into your water. He, he's done that to my alcohol. And I'm like, bro. Oh my God, look at
1: him. <laughs> Hi. He's so
0: cute. This is my boy. I this is my butt. best boy. Thank you, I'm good. Okay. This is my very special boy. Because he's my first black cat ever.
1: <laughs> I want a black at cat. 30 years old,
0: I finally got my first black cat. And now I have my second one. And he's staring. Oh no, no he's
1: asleep. He's sleepy time. He he's is asleep. <laughs> anyway, this is not a podcast about cats. Sure it is. You're in my house. <laughs> Even though we get that, that complaint divulge. all the time. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so when we last left off, Melisande and Folk had been ruling Jerusalem jointly for 12 years, with Melisande having been crowned as a queen regnant.
0: Remind me who Folk is again. Guys, it's been like two weeks. That was was her
1: husband. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Remember when he, like, tried to push her aside? Oh, yeah,
0: that asshole. Got it. And then um,
1: (laughs) Hugh, the Count of Jaffa, led a rebellion against him, but not (laughs) Melisande. And then Hugh... Had an assassination attempt against him, and then was exiled. And then once he died of either a broken heart or an infection, which could be the same. Not thing. Not entirely sure. <laughs> could go either way. That's when Melisande like flipped the switch. Oh, yeah, and that was her BFF who got like chased away because yes, stupid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then she like completely upbraided him and like terrified him, and yeah. he <laughs> wouldn't go anywhere in court without a sword. She's like, bitch, the <laughs> fucking.
0: Gloves have come off now. And then she and domesticated this him. and The then... armor is going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was Folk. Hell yeah. RIP, Folk, RIP. Folk is dead. <laughs> RIP <Ripped>. to Folk. <laughs> so which, that's what happens when you chase a rabbit with a lance. Yeah, don't like... do
0: that. That's weird. I mean, there are other options. Don't chase the hare would be the first one.
1: <laughs> so with her husband now dead, her eldest son Baldwin was now the king. Baldwin. <laughs> There's going to be more. Sorry if your name's Baldwin, but what the hell? I don't hell? think anybody listening to this, like oh, I'm fairly confident. If nobody your name listening. is Baldwin,
0: text us and we will consult you.
1: Text us? Text How us. do they have our number? They will
0: figure it out. Their Please. name's Baldwin. They have to have some
1: skill. Do not text us. I will be scared. I will be very scared. But Baldwin is only 13 years old, so he's technically still a minor. Oh, I remember this because I was like,
0: I'm now going to think because it was baby Baldwin. Baby
1: Baldwin. And yeah. I'm like,
0: the little baby from Boss Baby. That's yes. all I see. Yes. With Alec Baldwin's voice. Boss it's Baby Baldwin. Terrifying. It's very terrifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so oh. in most in most cases like this, a regency would have been set up for him. And if a queen consort was lucky enough and forbiddable enough, she could be named as the regent i.e. Catherine de' Medici. Yep. The less-than-lucky consorts would just be relegated to the sidelines, depending entirely on the favor their sons chose to show or withhold from them. Can you imagine if Baldwin tried to push her aside? She'd be like, do
0: you want me to give you the death stare that I gave your father? Because it will happen.
1: Well it's interesting you should say that okay just keep that in mind <laughs> uh but for right now he's you know he's baby baldwin he's boss baby baldwin so he's 13 not much can be barely out of diapers exactly so and melisande is not a consort she is a queen regnant so she derived the power to rule directly from god oh, yeah. and her bloodline because she shared the she i say from it, god with yeah, quotations, hard quotations but, on that. yeah
0: um. Yeah, because she shared it with her her husband and her baby. Yes, her baby. Baby Baby Baldwin.
1: Baby. (laughs) (laughs) So she does not have to worry about being set aside and ruling from behind the coattails of her son. Hell yes. Melisande had already... step aside, child. (laughs) (laughs) She was very much like, it is my time. (laughs) I am shining like a star. (laughs) So Melisande had already been capably running things in Jerusalem alongside her husband for several years now. So there's... Literally, no need for a change in the regime. It's her regime. Thank God.
0: There's no (laughs) scrambling even before the king dies. Like, who's going to be next? And she's like, Bitch, do you remember?
1: (laughs) (laughs) She just has to stare. She just stares. They're like,
0: Oh my God, I peed myself. I'm going to go now.
1: (laughs) 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 So, not only did she already have her own government in place, but she also had the loyalty of the hot core, which were the leaders of the government. I learned that meant high court. It's French for high court. That makes sense when you say it. Right? I looked it up, I was like, what does this mean? Why is it like when you say this hot way?
0: core, I literally think of like H-A-U-G-H-T and then C O R E. And it's I'm like, literally, what is
1: happening? It's literally like hot core. Yeah. I can't I am not French. You didn't so. say it with a French accent,
0: so it's like hot core. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're
1: not making fun uh. of French people.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: And she also has the patriarch of Jerusalem in her back pocket, who is the religious leader. She, she's That's got the government. Good. Yeah. And the religious body. She's got all the people yes. that she needs to network
0: with. And on Christmas Day,
1: 1143. Everything fucking happens on Christmas fucking day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Melisande was recrowned a second time, and this time alongside her son.
0: I love how they have to recrown her. She's like, it's already on my fucking head. What are you going to do? Take it off and put it back on?
1: I think this is their way of saying, like, this is. They're just the cementing do. and solidifying yeah. the fact that sh- this
0: girl is the queen, and
1: please don't make her mad. <laughs> Baby Baldwin officially becomes Baldwin the third in that moment. Officially
0: becomes Baldwin the mm-hmm. third. Like before he was like generic
1: Baldwin. And then they're yeah. like the third. Yes. Now like everything gotcha. he signs is the third. Jesus, Mary, I'm justice. sure <laughs> not, but you know, in history, we oh, know him God. as Baldwin the third. Okay. Okay. When Melisande ascended to the throne of Jerusalem a second time, she had the full support of not only her own people, but an unlikely source out of the West. His name was Bernard, Abbot of Clairvaux, and he was the most prominent theologian of Christendom at the time. Oh, wow. Do you remember him? We've talked about him before. Have we? We What's talked his about name again? him. Bernard. Bernard, the Abbot of Clairvaux. Clairvaux. Clairvois. I feel like I would have remembered. I would have remembered. Well, we would've talked remembered. about him in episode two, Eleanor of Aquitaine. No,
0: oh, that was so long ago. That was like two years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, maybe this will. Uh, <laughs> this will jog your memory jog a my bit. memory rachel so, um again he's a supporter of melisande and we have the following letter from clairvoyant giving to melisande or giving melisande his full endorsement Are you ready oh no i feel like <clears throat> i
0: need to buckle up for this <clears throat> okay okay
1: <laughs> it's a little long but i i love it <laughs> we're gonna like roll our eyes but okay i'm
0: ready let's do this
1: with the king your husband dead, and the young king not yet ready to bear the business of the kingdom and to carry out the office of king, Starting off Ostrom. The eyes of all look to you, and on you alone the whole weight of the kingdom falls. You must put your hand to strong things and show a man in a woman, doing what is to be done in the spirit of counsel and fortitude. You must dispose all things so prudently and moderately that all who see them will think you a king rather than a queen from your acts. Lest perhaps the people might say, where is the king of Jerusalem? But I am not, you say, capable of this. These are great things beyond my strength and my knowledge. These are the deeds of men, while I am a woman, weak of body, unstable of heart, not prudent of counsel, not accustomed to affairs. I know, daughter, I know. I know these are great things, but I also know this, that the swellings of the sea are wondrous, and the Lord is wondrous on high. What just happened? (laughs) So wait, that letter was from who to who? (laughs) That was from Bernard of Clairvoy to Queen Melisande basically saying like, yeah, I totally trust you have this whole being a queen of Jerusalem business at hand. Cool. I support you. Thanks for that. Even weird though I know you letter. must, like, you must be struggling because you're a woman who has to occupy a man's role. So was role this like now. an
0: unsolicited letter? Like he just was like, "Here's my <laughs> advice that you don't need it, but I'm going to yeah. give it anyway." Yeah. Who is such a man thing to do?
1: Oh yeah. Wait, I have he another. He basically
0: mansplained it for her. Uh-huh. This
1: is. The, yeah. This is... Okay. They're not done. I'm so angry. Do you remember? So like, oh. back in the Eleanor of Aquitaine episode, I had mentioned. Um, Basically, he's the like prevailing theologian of the time, and he's very like stuffy and he's very passive aggressive, and, and it's very annoying. he's very much like <laughs> there are ways we go about behaving as men and women. And Eleanor of Aquitaine, Just say
0: things straight, bro. Like we don't <laughs> need the poetry.
1: <laughs> he didn't like Eleanor of Aquitaine because she was not, like because she had boobs, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's Bernard of <laughs> Oh Great, he sounds fun. <laughs> So he was at the time the most respected of members in the Roman Catholic Church. And his mm, reputation was formidable. <laughs> his reputation was formidable and his interpretation of God's will was considered to be of the highest authority. Yes. Also, another random fact about Clairvoy, he is the co-founder of the Knights Templar. Oh, God, I hate him so much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why? What's wrong with that? Cat? Absolutely nothing. Just
0: everything. <laughs>
1: If the letter comes across as condescending, it would have been <laughs> really. It would have been viewed as an endorsement of the highest quality to the skill Melisande possessed as a queen. Can you fucking imagine,
0: like you, you're like, ugh, like and everyone's like, no, this is good. She's like, I want to, I want to vomit on. She's the letter. like,
1: have him come to my court, okay? Yeah. Just have him come here, and I will give him the ice stare of death. I'm just gonna. <laughs> no. Just no. So Clairvaux gives us a glimpse into the view of Melisande that the Christian world had. Mm-hmm. Melisande was, in many ways, a perfect medieval queen. She had delivered her kingdom to sons. She was pious, a champion of Christian ideals, and a patron of the church. Um, the What we're going to kind of discover as we're going through these crusader women is they very much embody either the very, very goodness of womanhood, which is Melisande. According to Christendom. According to Christian men, Yes. Yeah. who wrote so in this period? Put that and then we'll have disclaimer on there. <laughs> we'll have the like quote unquote bad women who are our favorites, yes. but we also like also yes, sure. <laughs> exactly. The fact that Melisande was a capable leader and administrator set her apart from the so-called lesser sex. Incapable of fully ascribing Melisson's skills to her own strength of character, Clairvoyant. And likely many other men of the era viewed her as being an anomaly. Clearly, she was blessed by God Himself. Her gifts were not hers alone; they were God's.
0: No, she's like no. These are all mine. Thank you, (laughs) thank you.
1: (laughs) Perhaps even more surprising was the fact that it does not appear at all that Melisande was pressured to remarry a second time either.
0: She's like I did that once and it was terrible.
1: It, it's very it's very rare because when we we will talk about melisande's sister um we'll give her her own episode hell yet. she did not get the same treatment of people were so. very much like no you need to remarry and she was like no but i don't why i did
0: that <laughs> didn't like it wanted a refund
1: <laughs> <laughs> wanted a refund <laughs> is that what like a divorce
0: settlement is, is that yeah, your refund. that's your refund that's your credit Fair. to the store you know you can only use it so many places but you got it <laughs>
1: But yeah, so Jerusalem was viewed as being in very careful and stable hands, and there was no need to introduce another outsider. I just love that they can't even give her the fact that she's an awesome queen. They're like, yeah, you're
0: great, but like, you're great because i dad. So like, it's not even really you.
1: Well, (laughs) so Clairvaux did not always sing his praises of Melisande either. Of course not. (laughs) So at one point, Melisande may have taken a lover. Cool. But like we don't it. know. There's no evidence I that exists. I for sure exists. think
0: she did because she's awesome. And she's like, I'm not going to remarry, but I want that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we we don't know who this person could have been. We only know that, like, Clairvois might have her. existed, so
0: he probably didn't exist. It's an imaginary dude. Just
1: some rumors reach Clairvois, and he writes her another letter. Oh, for fuck's Are you ready?
0: Yeah, let's do
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, Blessed, I say. If as forsaken and widowed, you commit yourself to be ruled completely by God. You cannot otherwise rule well if you are not ruled well. Oh
0: my Therefore, God. Therefore,
1: <laughs> when you think of your high position, attend to the widowhood since. If I may offer you purely what I feel, you could not be a good queen if you were not a good widow. Okay,
0: you sound like a great dead guy <laughs> to me. I don't know, this knife in my hand sounds like imagine? it would be perfect for your heart. Can you just imagine, like, Melisand? Can <laughs> <Do> you is- <laughs> see me seething next to you? Because yes,
1: I can imagine. Just imagine. I'm not even a queen, and I'm like, ooh. Just imagine <laughs> you're Melisand. You're, like, taking, you're breaking your fast, right? And they're bringing you <laughs> your daily correspondences. <laughs> And I'm sure because it's oh, Bernard god. of Clairvois, Like his letter probably smells like incense, fucking glitter on it, or it something. It probably has glitter. Jesus it's probably got a huge stamp. It's like a big C that has his face on it, or something. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> like her the fucking audacity. Her like, scribe I'm person just... is probably like, you got another one, and she's her scribe like, person is just like, I really don't want to hand this to you because I've heard what they do, messengers. But like, <laughs> maybe she's amused by that. Maybe she's like, you know what, I'm. I'm eating my, like, single ostrich egg now. I'm ready for this. I feel
0: like the court, like, they don't have a jester at court. They just wait for his correspondences. And then when his correspondences come, they're like, everybody sit down. Let's do this. And then they read it, and then they spend the next, like, week just making fun of it.
1: Yes. And then he comes
0: to court, and everyone's like, hey,
1: dude. The court jester, his only job is to read Bernard of Clairvaux's letter,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the most ridiculous way possible. Yeah.
1: Oh my god! Can I have that position? That would be fun. That would be amazing. We got another one for you, Rachel. We got another one. I'll take it. Let's just give me five minutes to practice. Hold on. I gotta learn my lines. You could not be a good queen if you were not a good widow. Can I stab it now or
0: like? Oh my gosh! They probably have like a a blow up of him and then they just throw <laughs> knives at it.
1: But again, we don't know who this mysterious lover um may have been. He's never been named um. And it could just be that Melisande was just really, really good at keeping her her personal business to herself. Also, who cares? Yeah, who cares? I just like the idea that like she's legitimately like so good at discretion that people are like, she seems happier than normal. So clearly, what is going on? She can't be happy. (laughs) Oh shit! (laughs) So up to this point, the bulk of the challenges Melisande faced had been the internal fighting and the unrest of Hugh of Jaffa's era. Islamic forces would always be a constant threat on the frontier of Outremer, but had yet to gain any of the territory back that had been lost during the First Crusade. Oops. <laughs> Everything changed one year after Folk's death when the city of Edessa fell to Ahmad al-Din Zengi, um, a.k.a. Adabeg Zengi, and his forces. The name sounds aggressively familiar. We've probably heard about him in history yeah. class. Like, it was probably a name drop we during the Crusader. interesting things in
0: history class. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to give you a little bit of the background on Zengi. Very, okay. very limited. So he'll basically go on to become known as one of the most formidable Islamic commanders of this period. Up to this point, most of the Islamic tribes fought independently of one another. And there had yet to be any personality big enough to unite the Islamic forces of the area. But this all changes with Zengi. He's a figure that is both revered and reviled within his own faction, because while he succeeded in uniting the Islamic tribes of the area under one banner, he was also known to be especially brutal to his enemies and his allies both. Uh-oh. That's not great. <laughs> it's not. So even his own people were like, we kind of don't like you.
0: But you got to think about it in order to unite people who don't want to be united. Like, yeah, you got to kind of have to be that... That the uh, villain slash hero and you're like, I don't know what to think of you.
1: So. <laughs> oh no. For every man that deserted his company, oh no. he killed two men in their place.
0: That's stupid. Why Isn't... would you
1: stay? Yeah. like, it, Well, exactly. I'm not,
0: you're telling me, <laughs> that's like when I moved out to Arizona and they're like, your insurance is more expensive. But when I ask why, they're like, because no one else is insured. I'm like, but I am. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I'm,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i remember that, that literally, That's are like oh, i'm sorry i'm still here like why are, why are you i don't okay
1: because yeah. you're basically paying for the potential accident that happens with somebody who's uninsured no i'm aware of the insurance thing i'm
0: yeah. still i'm on the oh, weird we are back to the thing. weird like
1: <laughs> i didn't desert sir why are you
0: <laughs> like that doesn't even <sighs> okay so that doesn't even put fear into like people deserting because like you're fine like yeah. your friends might die but like you deserted, so you kind of don't seem like you, unless they uh, kill like your family uncle. in your place. That makes
1: more sense.
0: Also terrible, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't. Anyway, sorry. Yep,
1: I'm caught on that. He's just, <laughs> he's just, he's just like not, not a great. good dude, even by his own people's standards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, with the fall of the city of Edessa, went the rest of the county of Edessa. Um, and so, this is at this point, the four Christian-run Crusader states become three. Oh. For Melisande, this was a huge blow to her rule, both politically and personally. Yeah, because they're going to blame her.
0: Well, not only that, but it's I don't know. Because of the affair you had. That's it. That's all, totally it. That's why it happened.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you remember from the first episode, but she was actually born in Edessa. Yeah. So her father, uh, before he was king of Jerusalem, basically he inherited that title from his cousin. He had been the Count of Edessa. hmm So she basically lost lost her homeland? Yeah, she lost her home. Unfortunately, Edessa had become the perfect target for an attack. It was the easternmost crusader state and a city full of untrained merchants and traders with little fighting experience. During Melisande and Folk's reign, the control that Jerusalem once wielded over the other three crusader states had started to decline. One of the critiques of Melisande's reign is that she did not assert enough control over the neighboring crusader states. But here's the flip side of that. Some historians have suggested that Melisande would have understood the futility of trying to assert her power over those crusader states, as it was likely that men would reject the attempts made by a woman to assert her authority over them. Well, they would reject the attempts, period, unless
0: they're getting something out of it.
1: On top of that, um, it's also been suggested that, basically, the counts and the princes of these areas didn't have... um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? They had no problem with Melisande being elevated as the de facto ruler of Jerusalem because they expected that she wouldn't try to meddle in their business. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, oh yeah, that's totally fine. The queen wants to run Jerusalem. Yeah. Great, that means she'll leave us alone. Yeah. As the other crusader states had been left to their own devices, divisions and rivalries began to spring up amongst them, specifically between the Count of Edessa and the Prince of Antioch. I'm not gonna go into like what happened there, but just imagine it's basically another duck measuring contest. Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> So when Edessa initially called for aid, Melisande called the council to arrange for reinforcements to rally around Outremer. Jerusalem sent their troops, but Antioch famously did nothing. Enmity oh. between the leaders of Antioch and Edessa had grown so great that the former abandoned the latter. This was a problem because of the three other crusader states, Antioch was the closest to Edessa and really would have been the only one that would have been able to help wow isn't that that's just horrible. amazing like
0: and the fact that that shit still happens to this day we're like yeah it's like i don't help because i don't like that i guy.
1: don't like that one guy so i'm gonna let all these people die yeah wow <laughs> when zanghi's forces arrived at the city of edessa they placed the city under siege this meant that people were trapped inside the city and zanghi's forces also prevented food from getting inside The siege was said to be so bad that people resorted to eating fallen horses first and then fallen men just to survive after their food ran out. Oh, that's terrible. Could you do that? I feel like I couldn't do that. I don't know. I don't know that I I've read. If You
0: didn't tell me what it was and I didn't question it. then yeah, but like.
1: (laughs) If you if you read the like survival accounts of the Donner Party, like people talk about being so hungry that when they heard about the bodies burning like yeah. they felt sick by how much it smelled good like, oh their, yeah their well yeah because meat
0: smells good when it cooks yeah. whether so i don't <laughs> that's just ooh. i don't know i
1: i hope i never have to yeah like, no. find out <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> um but the siege only lasts for about four weeks Zengi's forces found a weakness in the walls surrounding edessa and broke inside the city and they famously targeted the Latin Christian citizens while leaving the rest of the city alone. Ooh. The slaughter was said to have occurred. Stop it on Christmas Day, ah, eleven forty-four.
0: Absolutely true. I don't.
1: I mean, I feel like they just wrote that.
0: Yeah, literally yeah, they everything did to happens on more, Christmas Day. Yeah, to make
1: it more dramatic. But, but yeah,
0: you still have people murdered. That's kind of
1: dramatic. That it was. It was a very, was like, very bad slaughter. Yeah. We will come back to Edessa. Okay. is so, not
0: doing great right now. No.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Melisande's forces had a long way to travel through Jerusalem, Tripoli, and Antioch. By the time they joined up with the count of Edessa's forces, it was already too late and the city was lost. I just,
0: you'd think that they would learn after like all these empires and stuff, like stretched too far and too thin mm-hmm. and fell. Like literally it was, that was the timeline. Like, it didn't change from empire to empire, and everyone's like, let's stretch further out. Like, yeah. let's do it. It sounds like a great idea. Yeah,
1: everybody's just going to love me because they know my name. Totally hold Clearly. on to
0: that that's like 8,000 <laughs> miles away. It's fine. They love me.
1: <laughs> now that Odessa was lost, it fell to Melisande to figure out how to reclaim her. Melisande knew it was unlikely that the remaining crusader states would be able to gather enough forces to retake Odessa on their own without leaving their own kingdoms vulnerable. Yeah. So this is when Melisande sends an envoy to Rome to recount the horror of the massacre and request aid from the West. On December 1st, 1145, surprisingly not Christmas Day, oh, <laughs> Pope Eugenus III issued a papal bull instructing the good Christians of Europe <laughs> to assemble an army and march on the Levant to reclaim Edessa. It's aggressive. Our old friend Bernard of Clairvois <laughs> makes an appearance here. Oh as he took up the rally cry to reclaim Odessa all throughout Europe. While traveling across the West, he delivered passionate sermons and painted a vivid picture of the infidel putting Christians in chains, driving Christian people to starvation, and lamenting that the humblest of God's servants were wasting away in filthy prison cells.
0: At the beginning or end of that, was he like, look, I know that we do this to the other side as well, but it's
1: different when they do it to us. Of course not. Oh, okay. That would require self-reflection. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> that is not what this podcast is about, Kat. Sorry, I
0: thought for a second we would redeem ourselves, but here we are. Can you imagine like he gets to he like makes his way to court and then he shows up and the gesture looks exactly like <laughs> him? That would be amazing. Exactly like him and he's just like what? It's just weird. And they're like, yeah, totally coincidental
1: and actually like, not planned. It's because I admire you, good sir. Yeah. That's your
0: letters just roused me to keep you aroused. here. I don't know.
1: Aroused.
0: I was not going for that word.
1: <laughs> the jester secretly in love. Yes. <laughs> just just like I've
0: fallen in love. I've read all of your letters. I am Your a big words fan. have
1: moved yeah. me. <laughs> Clairvoye's flair for words and zealotry worked its charm and moved the two most powerful monarchs of Roman Catholicism to action. King Conrad II of Germany and King Louis VII of France pledged to join forces and reclaim Edessa for Christianity. Standing at King Louis VII's side was a young, beautiful, and formidable queen by the name...
0: Don't do this to me.
1: We already mentioned her. (laughs) I, Catherine... No, Eleanor of Aquitaine. That's not even
0: it. <laughs> I knew that wasn't it the second I said it.
1: So this is I where can't. this is where our timelines collide. Oh hell yeah. So yeah, Eleanor of Aquitaine is there. Remember, she and her ladies rode bare-breasted into. the I crusade. do recall that now
0: that you bring up that ridiculousness.
1: <laughs> this pledge to reclaim Edessa would officially launch the Second Crusade. Ugh. <laughs> Great! You don't want Eleanor of Aquitaine and her bare-breasted ladies to come just... <laughs> charging into battle. I mean, that's such a
0: mod. Like, 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 that is such a theme because, like, that's the same thing with uh, Freitas where she had to reveal her boobs to of course. do anything. And then, like, the screaming <laughs> probably did it. I mean. <laughs>
1: That is how you slow the men in their tracks. Yeah, and you're like, here are my boobies. I mean, that is not wrong because men are kind Fair.
0: of ridiculous Fair. in their attention span. That
1: would actually be a good tactic. That would be like just distract have everyone, them. Yeah. just long distract enough. them with titties.
0: <laughs> Release the titties. Release the titties. <laughs> oh, God. And then they get
1: flanked from this like both is sides. Why, from Rachel the and I never
0: <laughs> ever go into battles. Never. <laughs> we are not in the battle planning tents. <laughs> They're like, get out! Where the awkward people in the back, like, in the outside tent, release the titties! This feels like a Monty Python stage. This is amazing. Uh. <laughs> that was lucky.
1: <laughs> Not long after the Christian faction declared for a new crusade, something completely unexpected happened back in the Islamic-held city of Damascus. Zengi was assassinated by one of the Frankish slaves in his army. I legitimately panicked and thought you were going to ask me what I thought (laughs) happened. And I was like, don't you dare.
0: (laughs) That Uh, is problematic.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, but like, as I said, his own people didn't like him. And finally he pushed someone too far. Yeah.
0: Probably killed his brother or something.
1: (laughs) Zengi's second son, Nur al-Din, soon took up the reins of his father. Now, this seemed like a boon from God initially, as many expected the reign of terror that had been started by Zengi would finally come to an end.
0: <laughs> not if he was stopped by his father.
1: <laughs> what they did not expect was the son to repeat his father's dominance on the yeah. battlefield. Because he saw that clearly, like, worked for a for time. Yeah, and it, it would turn out that his son, um, he'll become just as famous as him. And not in a good... Infamous is what you're trying to say. Infamous. Yeah. I don't know enough about him to really say if he's going to be infamous or if he was, like, a good leader. But I do yeah. know that he becomes, um, as far as, like, a rival or a so-called enemy for the Christian faction, he becomes very formidable. All right, all right. And these assumptions that he wouldn't will prove to be the Christian faction's undoing. Why would you assume your enemy's not just going to get worse? Like... Well, so... Here's kind of what happens. Um, Not only does the Count of Edessa, like, underestimate Al Din, but he gets it in his head that, like, okay, so their leader has been assassinated. We're going to take advantage of this chaos and confusion on their end, and we're going to go try to take back Edessa. So with the aid of the Armenian and Syrian Christians still in the city, the Count of Edessa's forces were able to break through the gates and retake some of the city back. They only get about as far as the citadel in the center of Edessa before Nur al-Din's forces surprise them by showing up outside the city. What ends up kind of happening is, I believe it's the bishop of Edessa, he ends up closing the doors of the citadel because he doesn't want people to get his riches.
0: What an asshole.
1: Yes. I'm not
0: surprised by this in any way. Well,
1: he ends up like trampled underfoot because of this. Fucking Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. What happened next was a bloodbath, as the Count of Edessa's forces were essentially trapped between the citadel and Nur al-Din's army. Any citizen that happened to be caught up in the chaos was either put to the sword or trampled underfoot horses that tried to escape. When Edessa fell a second time, it was even more brutal than the first. Zengi had spared the Armenian and Syrian Christians the first go-around. Nur al did not. Mm-hmm. And they're essentially targeted because it's understood that yeah. they were so-called traitors. <sighs> the Count of Edessa barely made it out with his own life, but most of his army died within the city walls. Wow. Yes.
0: Look at my bookends. you like them?
1: <laughs> that would actually be a really cool bookend, and yeah. I would totally be down for that. <laughs> What a way to, like, break up the, like, tragedy of the moment. Yeah, right? The (laughs) bookends. Just just imagine two beautiful black sleek cats as, like, bookends for a bookshelf. (laughs) In the sun.
0: (laughs) Sun (laughs) Sunbathing. And then Bucky's staring at you. Now,
1: while while the second crusade was underway, Melisande returned her attention to her own city. Um, She's a woman, so she's not going to be permitted to be directly involved. That's fair. So this is around the time that Melisandre really invests herself in what will become her biggest project. And it's kind of what she's known for. Okay. And this involves the restoration of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre.
0: That, that's what we're focused on right now? Yes. <laughs> we just lost a city and people died. But yeah. let's focus on yes. making the church better. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Okay, <laughs> great. Awesome. I'm um, glad we're all on the same page.
1: I, I have pictures of the church. It's a very famous landmark in Jerusalem. Heck yeah. So I'll show them to you at the end. All but right. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is largely regarded as the holiest site in all of Christianity. Um, and this is because the church is said to have been built along the site that Jesus was crucified and entombed before his resurrection. Interesting. A little bit of a backstory on this. Church. Okay. Remember you would ask, you were like, why is Jerusalem such a big deal for all of these? That's fair. Well, this is one of them. So (laughs) The church. (laughs) (laughs) When the Roman Emperor Constantine converted to Christianity, his mother allegedly found the cross that Jesus was crucified on in a cave near the site that the church sits now. I doubt that entirely, but go ahead. (laughs) Along with the tomb that he was buried in. Constantine thus Constantine thus commanded that a church be built on that site. The church had been destroyed and rebuilt several times in the span of 700 years due to the constant fighting and changing of hands of the city. That's fair. For Melisande specifically, it also held a personal significance because it was the place that she was married and then twice crowned. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So before this point, the kings and queens of Jerusalem had been crowned in the city of Bethlehem. hmm She and Folk were the first to be crowned in Jerusalem itself. All right. Under her reign, she commissioned a huge architectural project to connect all holy sites related to Jesus under one roof. The church had previously been shabby and humble after its revival in the early 12th century. Melisande had it completely revamped in the style of the Romanesque churches that could be seen in Germany and France. Okay, so I do love those churches, so yay. <laughs> it's, it is very beautiful. At the end of the renovation, ornate decorations and golden mosaics decorated the church in a style that blended Eastern and Western influences. The two domes that are currently visible from the city to this day were Melisande constructions as well. Cool.
0: Yeah, oh, and Melisandre's like, look, I know that Odessa fell, but it's okay, because look at how beautiful our church is now. <laughs> look at how look at our church, site, <laughs>
1: The holiest site in Christianity you're is like welcome. here's a distraction. Look yeah, at the look at it's, <laughs> it's so shiny. Look at these domes; they oh look like God. boobs if you're looking at them.
0: <laughs> Someone in the background, release the titties! <laughs> We're gonna get struck down for that. So sorry.
1: <laughs> look, if I haven't been struck down yet. <laughs> Slightly less exciting, Melison also commissioned renovations of the central marketplace in Jerusalem. So much of that reconstruction survives to this day. Yeah. Um, and at the time, the bazaar was known as the Rue de Malcuisineet, God bless you, <laughs> A.K.A. the Street of Bad Cooking. Uh,
0: sounds unappetizing. So basically, <laughs> so
1: so basically, you have to think of this big central street that runs through the city as like being a place for food vendors, It's like a farmer's market. Yeah, yeah. So basically, all of the pilgrims who came to visit the city would, they would travel down the street, and these vendors are there for them. So it becomes this huge, like. So it's kind of like economic what they had in, in Connecticut, but it's
0: not real. But I'm just saying. Sure. You remember in Catty where they had that like whole like aisleway yeah. that was just like all the vendors from different It's fine. We'll move on. It's fine, Rachel.
1: I'm like that, It that's a bazaar and it exists in like all the cities.
0: I know. Well, like this is like a really big I'm one. I'm trying to connect it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so just kind of picture a street full of herb shops, food shops, and just a bunch of different marketplaces Oh, yeah. Probably has like a lot of really good and yummy smells too. And... But smells that could also like very much counteract each other. Fair.
0: <laughs> like you could be like one. You're like, ooh, that smells cinnamony, and then all of a sudden you smell fish. You're like, I don't want to eat. Either and now. then all
1: of a sudden you smell like B.O. because nobody washed. Uh,
0: okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you're welcome. Okay. For that image in your head. You're welcome. <laughs> As Melisande worked to secure reinforcements for the Second Crusade from Europe, and then tended to her own architectural projects in the city. She ruled almost completely unchallenged by her son for the first couple of years.
0: Because he's 13. He's like, I don't know what's happening. Have at (laughs) thee.
1: (laughs) Baldwin had been curiously absent from the retinue of soldiers that had initially been sent from Jerusalem to help reclaim Edessa. Again, he's 13. (laughs) By then, he's probably like... 15 or 16 okay
0: still <laughs>
1: <laughs> but by then 15 or 16 you are starting to like you're already dying in someone else's wars. i know <laughs> <laughs> <Fair>. yes <laughs> you are already dying in someone else's wars. Yeah. <laughs> now it may have been that melison did not want to send her teenage son off to battle against sengi who already had the reputation of a formidable war general by this point but of course, others suggest that Melisande did not want to give her son any opportunity to gain a claim in the one area of kingship that had been denied to her, which would have been military acclaim and glory. Yeah.
0: She's like, I built you a goddamn church. Welcome.
1: <laughs> look at how pretty look it is. Look at the fucking church. Look at the domes. That is. They look like nipples from above. <laughs> Going to hell. We are i'm so sorry Whoa, if you're like late <laughs> deeply devout and well if you're can't deeply take devout, a joke. you should take
0: a joke <laughs> our listen, paganism
1: cannot possibly penetrate your listen if you, if you if you look up the church and like you look at it from like above no, I'm it aware. kind of looks like this. that's like the domes
0: uh in
1: san Onofre? i don't know what that is but okay <gasps> i mean domes just in general kind of look my grandpa had a hand in building those I like how you like. <laughs> yeah, the listener can't see what cat did, but it was very cute. Oh <laughs> uh, no! There's
0: there's these. Do- I don't. I think they're like a the nuclear or something like that. But there's domes mm-hmm. in San Onofre that literally look like the ocean's boobs. My cat just fell off the couch. <laughs> he's trying to lay on. Fit in.
1: That's his surrogate daddy. Yeah. Now he's licking him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to our story. Sorry. <laughs>
0: are distracting.
1: But yeah, so a lot of people think Melisande just didn't trust her son and of course, you know, why would she have that concern? What could possibly happen? Yeah, uh,
0: There's probably some asshole whispering in her, <laughs> there, there were like five assholes whispering in her mm-hmm. son's ears too and it's just not great. It's not great.
1: So just a little reminder from the last episode, Melisande gave birth to two sons. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Remember there's also Amaric? Oh yeah. So of the two sons her golden child was Amalric and he was said to be her favorite child that she doted on and favored
0: yeah it's always the youngest son yeah it's
1: very annoying with Baldwin she was very cold and just like don't do that with your freaking rival be like
0: yes child <laughs> i love you so much love me back and don't do anything stupid well
1: <laughs> just as you said rival Melisande viewed him as a potential rival and thus was colder to him so Amalric posed less of a threat to her position, and it was easier for her to trust him and thus develop, like, a more natural maternal relationship.
0: Yeah, but, like, if you think about it, even from a strategic standpoint, why would you annihilate someone who is already, like, quote annihilate? Unquote, alienate? alienate. That's what I meant. My brain is very <laughs> violent okay. right now, apparently. I'm like, eh, we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> but, like, you would think that, yeah. like, he's already, like, quote-unquote your enemy, your rival. Like, first of all, he's your child. Calm down. But, like,
1: yeah. There's so. Schmoozy him. Like, I don't. <laughs> so as we get into the last part of her story, which really is her rivalry with her son, there's there's multiple things we have to take into account. So, yeah, like she didn't treat him very well. She didn't yeah. treat him like so a son. She was just like
0: putting like hammering the nail in over the years.
1: But she also has the trauma of her history with her husband, where she literally experienced being shoved aside. So some people are like, she kind of remembered that was a thing. And she was a little worried that that would happen again to her.
0: I just love how people like... That happens so often where people are like, that's like when people say like, oh, you should never know your fortune. You should never know when and yeah. how and where you're going to die because your actions will, it's a prevent self, it, It's a self-fulfilling will, prophecy. Yeah, you will lead yeah. up to that. Like, it's the same thing here. Yeah.
1: And the irony, of course, is that in trying to make sure she wasn't set aside, she ends up doing the same exact thing to her she son. She set her son aside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was done to her. vicious cycle. So just as Melisande had Hugh of Jaffa to counter her husband, she set up Amalric in a similar position. And she even gives Amalric Hugh's old title as the Count of Jaffa. Okay. (laughs) Now, the older Baldwin got, the more frustrated he became over how much power his mother wielded. Melisande had been reluctant to give up any of it, likely fearing that to give up a little would unleash the floodgates of greed. So... The other thing she's also kind of battling is there. there's no example for female rulership whatsoever yeah. around her. Yeah. So she was scared that the moment she gave up even just a sliver of power, Baldwin would take everything. Yeah. So that's kind of what you're dealing with. That's absolutely terrible. Like, <laughs> it's understandable why both of them wouldn't trust each other. But the simple solution would have been like, hey, maybe just love your son.
0: Right? <laughs> Stop thinking of him as your rival ruler and start thinking about him as your son who you're teaching and for lack of a better word grooming to take your place exactly
1: (laughs) and that was kind of the other thing too like women had come to power um usually because their husbands died young yeah but it was kind of understood that once your son comes of age you'll step aside for him but melisande was already capably ruling. So she was kind of like, I ain't stepping aside. Why break something that's not broken? Exactly. Exactly. But you, you're, I'm sure the son also,
0: because again, she's pushing him aside and not like, you know, keep your quote, quote unquote enemies closer. So, she doesn't see that there's probably like a billion advisors, like whispering mm-hmm. in his ear, like your mother is horrible. Like this is your birthright. You were destined to rule. Like women shouldn't rule, you know, like all that stupid whisper,
1: whisper. Wait till like, I take my story over. So that is literally exactly. It's what literally it, it, yeah. like
0: that is <laughs> the storyline throughout history. And it's like, this is what, you know, learn from your history and whatnot. <laughs> well,
1: it's interesting. That's kind of why people say like, deal with your trauma because yeah. oftentimes when people hurt other people it's because they were hurt yeah Yeah. you have no
0: idea that you're doing it so
1: she exactly she had an example of like when her husband set her aside but you know before that she also had an example of what it looks like for a parent yeah her dad was like you go rule girl (laughs) yeah and he like brought her up alongside him so it is very interesting from a like psychological perspective yep Melisande would go on to make a similar mistake that her husband had, namely in elevating one of her closest allies to the position of constable of Jerusalem. His name was Manassas of Hierges. Similar to Folk, Manassas had been a Frankish transplant as well. This position was one of the most coveted positions in the government, as it meant that Manassas would oversee the queen's armies. Had Melisande played more of the diplomat, she might have instead named her son to the position. It would have placed him as the figurehead leader of the armies while she was left to tend to domestic politics. Yeah, but you can't do that. (laughs) But to do so would have put Baldwin in the position to potentially use that army to usurp her, and thus was her dilemma. By entrusting one of her allies to the position, Melisande made the same mistake that her husband had by elevating a foreigner in the place of a local. History ends up repeating itself here. it never ends well. (laughs) Um, because Manassas was said to have let the power get to his head, and he basically alienates the nobility in much the same way that Folk had. And literally the same way she feared her
0: mm-hmm. son would have, so. Yep. You could have just done it the right way.
1: <laughs> By the time Baldwin was 22, and well past the age of his majority, several nobles were jilted enough to start whispering in the young king's ears. whisper, whisper. whisper, whisper, whisper. <laughs> When are you finally going to come out from behind your mother's skirts, Baldwin? Don't you think it's weird that your mother still rules while you yourself are now a man grown? This is not the natural order of things. Oh God,
0: it's always <laughs> it's always you're such a mama's boy. He's like, "I'm really not though. She kind of hates me, have
1: you noticed?" <laughs> Why do you let her get away with that, Baldwin? Gosh.
0: He's like, "Have you seen her stare?" <laughs>
1: And they basically remind him that in most places, as we've said, the mother of kings will step aside as soon as their sons had reached adulthood. Yeah, but this ain't most places. (laughs) Weird. The fact that Melisande was still ruling in his place was seen as unnatural. And indeed, this would have been very unusual for the medieval era.
0: Yeah, but he's not ruling in her place because she is a... she was...
1: Or she was already, or whatever, a ruler. Yeah, like, she was already ruling. Yeah,
0: she wasn't like your mother and like queen regent until you come of age. I was like, no, she's queen because her father she's still said, queen. yeah, yeah.
1: Now we're told that Baldwin's first official attempt to get out from behind his mother's skirts was to ask the patriarch, also named Folk <laughs> of Jerusalem, <laughs> to crown him on Easter Sunday. He picked a different day. I mean, that's your first problem, obviously. But also, like, dude, you can't just be like crowned me. Yeah, and he wanted to be crowned without Melisande. Yeah, no. The patriarch politely refused. He's like, "Yeah, have
0: you seen your mom when she's angry? No. I'm not also, doing that. have
1: you seen this beautiful church that yeah. your mom commissioned for us? Yeah, yeah, have you yeah seen no.
0: My house, I mean church." <laughs>
1: He instead offered to crown both Baldwin and Melisande in a joint ceremony together. So you
0: can't be diplomatic. Calm down.
1: <laughs> We're told that Baldwin sulkily rejected this suggestion.
0: Oh my God. He's like me. He stopped his feet.
1: <clears throat> but Baldwin remained undeterred. If the patriarch deterred?
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Undeterred. <laughs> Sounds like turd. It does. <laughs> <laughs> if the patriarch of Jerusalem was not going to crown him on his own, then by gosh, darn it! He was just gonna have to do it himself.
0: He's like in front of the church, like <laughs>
1: puts the crown on.
0: So, <laughs> like that's not no, that's so, not how this works.
1: <laughs> so, oh no. <laughs> the next day, King Baldwin III appeared outside Stop. the church of the Holy Sepulchre, no, wearing a laurel wreath diadem in the style of the Roman emperors. His mom was just like, what "The fuck you doing, bro?" And he's like, "Look, I got a crowd." Everyone's like, oh. "I'm sure the people like in the crowd were just like, what is that what on the your fuck head?' What is happening? Well, this isn't Rome. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Oh my god!
0: Uh, oh wow, that's your. That's not gonna make people like you. anymore. they're like, "This guy is dim." They're so dim. <laughs>
1: But the thing is, Baldwin had, in essence, thrown the proverbial gauntlet on the floor at his mother's feet. Yeah. He said, point blank, it's time for me to roll on my own. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> so this display caused enough of a ruckus to merit a meeting of the hot core to decide what was to be done about this growing rift between mother and son. According to the will that had been drafted by Melisandre's father, Baldwin and Melisandre had equal authority over the kingdom of Jerusalem. Baldwin III's solution had been to split up the kingdom so that he could be free of his mother's meddling and influence.
0: That's not... no, nope,
1: That's not it. That's exactly what he did, though. Oh, God. <laughs> so the hot core decided to be kind and let Baldwin pick which half he wanted.
0: Fuck off. Like
1: In the end... You get what we give you. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. So in the end, it's determined that Baldwin would rule the northern half of the kingdom, which included the coastal commercial cities of Tyre and Acre. Melisande would be left to rule over the southern half of the kingdom, where she already had an iron foothold in the cities of Jerusalem and Nablus. But it's really not much of a choice in the end melisande already controls the south yeah so baldwin already knew that like there's no way her I'm allies, come in here and- <laughs> yeah I, i'm not gonna be able to do anything here yeah i'll totally the north is what i want like those cities are rich it'll be great oh no
0: <laughs> this is literally setting yourself up for civil war
1: yeah oh god <laughs> So Melisande was reluctant to agree to this new arrangement. Um, she was very suspicious and wary that her son would not be content with controlling only half the kingdom. No. And as it turns he out, should have put the fucking floral diadem, like duh. <laughs> as it turns out, she was right to be suspicious. It didn't take long for Baldwin to gather his forces and march them into the southern portions of the kingdom citing that he needed the revenues of all the cities in the kingdom to properly fund fortifications around Jerusalem and his own army. So ask for them. Baldwin first besieged the city of Mirabel, where he found Melisande's constable, Manassas of Hyurgis, hanging out. The city was unfortified and fell quickly, oh, no. and as soon as Baldwin captured it, he promptly exiled Manassas from Jerusalem, depriving Melisande of one of her strongest allies. Crap. After the fall of Maribel came the fall of the city of Nablus, a city that was similarly unfortified and without a wall to protect it. So
0: how, how is it that she was like, this is going to be a problem, but she didn't do anything to, I don't know, make it not a problem?
1: All these cities are like, oh, our
0: pants are down. I'm like, pretty sure I told you to put them up, guys. <laughs> there's
1: not much you can do because, I mean, you have to think if the kingdom split in half, that means the army split in half, and she still has to like tend to her own city. True, but you could fortify. It's, you can't. <laughs> you can't just build a wall overnight. Like, that takes a while. You
0: can though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about a wall. I'm just saying put more people on the cities that border your son's territory.
1: Yeah. I just too late, too late for that. (laughs) (sighs) I have
0: Um, options, damn it!
1: But after the fall of Nablus, there's really only one city left, and that's Jerusalem itself. Son of a bitch. Baldwin knew that Jerusalem would be different. Hi, Anya. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike the other cities he had taken with relative ease, Jerusalem was heavily fortified with walls, and the city itself was no stranger to sieges as it had endured countless of sieges since the earliest beginnings of the Roman Empire. More than... I know. Same. I feel the same way. Oh, God. <laughs> so basically, Jerusalem has, like, been under siege countless times. Since its inception. <laughs> yeah. For, um, at this point, like, it's still been at least a thousand years since, like, the first time it was... Siege by the Romans. Jerusalem's Empire. like,
0: yeah, we, we have like, this. Oh, we're
1: like, oh I guess it's it's that time again, oh, is it? It seems
0: like that time of year.
1: <laughs> now in the past it had been Romans besieging the Jewish population of the city, or Muslims sieging a city controlled by Christians, and in more recent memory, it had been Christian crusaders usurping the city from Islamic rulers. Oh, God. So imagine just how weird it would be to be a citizen where it's basically Christians fighting Christians. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, it's like, um, okay, my rightful queen is in the city, but uh, the guy outside the gates is also technically the king, right? What do I do here? Yeah, yeah. This wasn't the enemy outside their doorstep for once. It's it's their own people. Yeah, <laughs> and you basically have a- You're like, is that the guy
0: who wore the crown? Is that the guy? Is that the guy?
1: That's 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 the guy with the like moral uh, yeah, yeah, flowers was, that in was his that hair. hair. Yeah, that's that, guy. That's that guy.
0: I knew he was trouble.
1: <laughs> so you basically have a Christian son fighting against a Christian mother, using the capital city of their own kingdom as a prize to be won amidst an internal domestic dispute. But like, can we
0: have our fights like inside, please? Like, let's not involve the rest of us. <laughs>
1: So before the siege officially started, Patriarch Folk of Jerusalem rode out to treat with the young king and try to dissuade him from attacking his own capital.
0: Like, dude, we gave you the north. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like,
1: how much more do you want? The
0: fuck you doing?
1: (laughs) We could have given you nothing. But Baldwin was unmoved. He basically was like, you're my mother's creature. Like, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you and I want nothing to do with you. Which fair
0: first of all rude
1: <laughs> and when the patriarch returned to the city he was outraged by the insolence of the young king and told the people that baldwin was villainous and selfish and no true man of god okay calm down <laughs> <laughs> he was just mad that like baldwin was like no i'm not interested yeah. in you <laughs> oh god but the people of jerusalem had other concerns um of a more uh, secular variety they were basically like yo We don't want to be attacked.
0: Yeah, we, this is not cool. Like, again, take your family disputes away.
1: (laughs) So they basically just opened the gates for Baldwin. That's, no, (sighs) that is not okay.
0: That doesn't, that's not going to help anything.
1: So once inside, Baldwin's army unleashed the whole fury of medieval siege that he had at his disposal against the Tower of David, which is where Melisande had barricaded herself. Oh, no. Three days was all it took for a desperate and already injured Melisande to finally wave the white flag of surrender. I would be so, was, so, would be so mad if yeah. was my
0: son and be like, oh, you are going to get it behind closed <laughs> doors, little
1: shit. <laughs> and it was basically up to Baldwin and Melisande's allies to negotiate a peace between the estranged mother and son. You already tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> well, at this point, he has everything. So... Yeah. yeah, it's not negotiating,
0: it's just placating.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Melisande does negotiate for herself. She's basically like, look, I'm not you're not just going to completely set set me aside. Yeah. You're going to give me the city of Nablus and all of its revenues and that's going to be kind of like my seat from here on out like i'm not gonna rule anymore but you're not gonna give me nothing
0: yeah i'm not gonna get absolutely nothing out of this this is technically mine
1: (laughs) so yeah um baldwin does agree to this and the kingdom of jerusalem was at last at peace again for five minutes (laughs) um so once baldwin established himself as the de facto ruler of jerusalem he decided to keep his mother along as an advisor
0: okay at least he's got some merit to that (laughs) yeah He's like, look, you did a stab. So, I just really wanted it.
1: He's like, I just I I didn't want to be under your skirts anymore, Mom. Just, like, I respect
0: you. I just want to wear the diadem. But I just want to wear the diadem. diadem looks very
1: pretty on my okay, head. Okay. It's shiny
0: and beautiful. <laughs> it makes my hair look
1: great. So um it turns out it was very convenient because Nablus is only it's approximately like 30 miles north of Jerusalem. Okay. So it's very easy for her to visit court. Yeah. The last couple of years of Melisande's life found her settling into a new sort of retired, but not really retired kind of life.
0: That's literally every retired person. Like, they retire, <laughs> and then they come back, and you're like, aren't you retired?
1: So Baldwin decided to leave Melisande in charge of all domestic-related political issues. And this included arranging the marriages of her nieces and settling a marriage dispute between her sister Hodierna and her sister's husband, Raymond, the Count of Tripoli.
0: Raymond. <laughs> Raymond
1: <the> Second. <laughs> oh, of
0: course, there's a fucking Roman numeral after that name.
1: <laughs> Melisande had initially been sent to the court of Tripoli to try and mediate a peace between the couple, but she quickly figures out that this marital dispute is not going to be solved anytime soon. Um, It's basically, at the end of the day, Honierna and Raymond are just not compatible. Weird. <laughs> so... <laughs> So she decides to take her sister back with her to Jerusalem. Now, in this story, Raymond is the perfect chivalric husband and brother-in-law. I feel
0: like that's a bold-faced lie.
1: (laughs) He escorts Melisande and Hodierna out of the city and makes sure they get on the road of Jerusalem safely. This is where our story gets a little weird. This is where the lies start. (laughs) No, this is... No, it's just just one of those, like, what the heck just happened? (laughs) So... Raymond manages to make it back to his own city, but before he could pass through the gates, he is attacked by a group of highly skilled murderers from an Islamic sect known as the Order of Assassins. Oh, yes. So during the 12th and 13th century, this group lived high in the mountains of Persia and Syria and specialized in subterfuge and high targeted assassinations. So guess where the word assassin comes from? That. Yes. Yes. This is where the word originates Isn't it like from Hassanson or something like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't put the Islamic thing because I can't. It, yeah, it's like a
0: Hassan Hassanson or something like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. It's
0: really cool. I knew that. This ah!
1: this totally made trivia, me think I of knew. like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Fuck it. <yeah. laughs> so up to this point, the Order of Assassins targeted only high-profile Muslim leaders. Um from the very limited research I did of them. They were basically trying to usher in their own regime to, yeah. like, rule Islam. Yeah, they're basically what America's doing now, but, like, yes. poorly. <laughs> they're not
0: even trying to make it yeah. look like they're not.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so up to this point, they had only targeted Muslim leaders. Raymond II of Tripoli is the first Christian leader that they assassinate. So to this day, no one knows why the Order of Assassins decided to kill Raymond. It remains one of those, like, history's greatest mysteries. History's greatest mysteries! History's mysteries! (laughs) But of course, because there are two women mentioned in the story, there are some who look to Melisande as having possibly arranged the assassination. Oh, stop it. Now, as it so happened, the death of Raymond put Hodierna in a very unique position of power. Just like Melisande... Hodierna had two children by Raymond who were both too young to rule on their own. And so it was determined that she would rule Tripoli until her son came of age. Hmm. Ironically enough, this policy was arranged by Baldwin III himself. Interesting. Um, Especially is literally like right after he schemes to completely remove his mother from power. He's like, it's different. But it spoke to the faith he had in Hodierna to rule independently until her son came of age. So you've basically got three of Morphia and Baldwin II's daughters ending up in like very powerful leadership positions. Heck yeah, because they were trained to do so. Hell yes. What? Hi Anya.
0: What's the <laughs> matter? You don't like the story?
1: Bye. Oh, she's I've like no Baldwin with his stupid Baldwin's floral crown. Stupid idiot is the king now. <laughs> Finn
0: is like, look at me, I'd be handsome in a floral
1: crown. Yes, you would. Once Baldwin III had his kingdom firmly in hand, it was time to turn his attention to finding a wife for himself. This had to be done very carefully. Baldwin did not wish to saddle himself with another strong personality like his mother to share power with.
0: Oh, you little bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He very much wanted to find a bride of royal blood that would be content to blend in with the furniture like a pretty ornament. The lucky bride ended up being a Byzantine princess by the name of Theodora. She brought with her a dowry of 100,000 gold. That doesn't had, hurt. Imagine how much that is yeah. during that time. Doesn't help.
0: <laughs> that does not hurt the arrangement at all.
1: And she brought the blood of House Komnenos, the ruling family of the Byzantine Empire.
0: That also does not hurt.
1: <laughs> Guess how old she is. Twelve. Shut the fuck up. Yes, she is twelve <laughs> <No>. years old. <laughs> So, predictably... You guys, this is problematic when I just guessed that immediately off the bat. Predictably, Theodora proved to be the perfect consort for Baldwin because... Yeah, she's a child! She's too young to express any desire for anything. Yeah. Really. Yeah.
0: Mm, I would like a yogurt? Yeah. Like, what? I would like a yogurt. <laughs> I don't know. What do 12-year-olds want? I don't know.
1: She's probably content to just, like, play in the gardens and, like, play with her dolls. Wow, that was very sexist so you, Rachel. No, I'm just kidding. but, like... <laughs> Yeah. Maybe she had a horse Yeah, and she could go horseback riding. (laughs) As Melisande settled into the final years of her life, she and her son managed to finally find some common ground and reconcile. Baldwin realized hilariously that he had very few advisors around him that he could trust to run his kingdom or contribute any reliable counsel. And so he turned once again to his mother, realizing that, hey, she has legitimate experience in running a kingdom. Unless her voice might be kind of important.
0: Look, Mom, I understand that we have had our differences. And she's like, no, you're a shit. Continue. It's like, no, no, Mom, it's fine. It's okay. Like, I'm just, I really think it would be great if you could, like, bestow your wisdom because, you know, you ran a kingdom. And she's like, did I run a kingdom that you stole? That you stole? That one? (laughs) It's just this whole, like, bicker, like.
1: Yeah, it kind of turns out that, like, Baldwin liked the crusade aspect of his role, but he really yeah. didn't like the ruling aspect. Weird.
0: Because so. <laughs> you had no idea what was going on.
1: So yeah, anytime he basically goes on campaign, he leaves his mother in charge and we see her still signing charters for like trade oh, treaties yeah. and she's still arranging marriages. He's probably and... Always gone too. Like yeah.
0: he is king in name only. <laughs>
1: One of Melisande's final projects was to arrange the dowry of her niece, and namesake, Melisande of Tripoli, to the Byzantine emperor himself. Um, this doesn't end up panning out, but her involvement in the negotiations shows that her opinion was still highly regarded on matters of political alliances right up to the very end. Heck yeah! In early eleven sixty one, Melisande fell ill, likely having suffered a stroke. Damn it. Yeah, that's it's kind insane. of it's kind of an anticlimactic and sad ending, but. It's said that her memory was severely damaged from that point on. And in the story, you basically have her sisters, Hodierna and Yvette, both coming back to nurse her at her bedside. Oh, I knew she was surrounded by family at the end. Yeah, she took care of them. So they took care of her and her (laughs) Okay. And then finally, on September 11th, 1161, Queen Melisande of Jerusalem passed from this life to the next. Oh, she was 56 years old. That's sad. Yeah. That's very sad. Rip. Rip.
0: (laughs) Just another thing to add to the awfulness of the date of September 11th.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yep. Although the early years of his reign pit Baldwin III against his mother, he was said to have been inconsolable for days following her death. Melisande's legacy was that of a woman who fought relentlessly to retain her rights in a society that would have snatched them from her in a heartbeat. She is remembered as one of the most formidable queens to exist during the medieval era, and she fended off efforts from both her husband and son to supplant her position in Jerusalem, paving the way for women that followed in her footsteps to do the same.
0: Hell yeah. All you gotta do is be smarter than the men around you. God damn it, we are good at that.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's all you gotta do. She's like, yeah, girl power. Girl power, <laughs> rawr, rawr! <laughs> And she runs away. So I'll leave us with a couple of just random notes um, about Melisande and her family and a couple of other things. Random
0: facts. Random facts.
1: (laughs) So Baldwin III died less than two years later in the city of Beirut, likely having been poisoned from some pills given to him that developed symptoms of dysentery and consumption.
0: I'm so sorry. I should not (laughs) ever be happy about someone's death. But like, dude, (laughs) you could not survive without your mother. That should tell you a lot.
1: Yep. (laughs) Having failed to produce any legitimate children with his child bride, he was succeeded <sighs> by his younger brother, Amalric, to the throne of Jerusalem.
0: So and- you, you put a, a hard emphasis on legitimate. So was he an asshole and yeah. had bastard children everywhere?
1: Yeah, so like, um, I didn't really mention this in Melisande's story because it's not related to her, but... <laughs> good <laughs> um baldwin was uh, apparently quite the man Horb, before he got married and he cool. had several illegitimate children i mean that's
0: just every other guy it's typical for this time
1: <laughs> but allegedly um our old chronicler friend william of tear okay. remember how he used to describe like men in detail but never told us what the women looked like yeah Apparently, uh, his child bride was so beautiful. Yeah, a 13 year old cannot
0: be that beautiful. I'm sorry. It's gangly and not, it's real, at a real awkward time in, in a woman's life.
1: Apparently, she was so beautiful that Baldwin changed his ways and was devoted only to her. <laughs> Anya fully disagrees with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, at that point, like, she's probably 14. Um, fourteen or fifteen when he dies, and just they didn't have time to like produce children. Weird, she's a child, right?
0: <laughs> so I would hope you didn't have time to produce a fucking child with a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, nasty,
1: nasty person. So after Amalric, both of his children will also go on to rule Jerusalem after him. The first being another Baldwin, Stop it. and the second a daughter by the name of Sibella.
0: Oh, why does that name sound familiar?
1: You saw her played by Eva Green in Kingdom. Yes. Of Clock that name in the back of your head. Oh, we're gonna have an episode for on a future episode yes. or two. Oh, that name also sounds familiar because
0: yes. it's a uh, our kickboxing instructor's name.
1: Oh yeah, oh, this yeah. is spelled with an S. But yeah, so Sabella <laughs> of Jerusalem is Melisande's granddaughter. Hell yes! All right, rock on. And then another couple of facts during the <laughs> Crusade era. So once Eleanor of Aquitaine and Louis VII of France made it to the city of Acre to discuss the pa- to discuss the battle strategy for the Second Crusade, Melisande and an 18-year-old Baldwin III met up with the visiting Frankish forces. So they uh, we literally have two difficult damsels In meeting the face same to room. face. Yes. We
0: had that with uh, Grace O'Malley and Queen and Elizabeth too. Yeah.
1: So while the visiting crusaders discuss their strategy, on oh, chill. <laughs> uh, it's appropriate. She's literally growling at
0: <laughs> no one but herself.
1: <laughs> so, Emperor Conrad of Germany and King Louis Emperor of France... Conrad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they encouraged Baldwin to attack the Muslim-held city of Damascus. Stop. <laughs> Melisande and Eleanor were famously the dissenting voices of this strategy, with Melisande reminding her young and stupid son... <laughs> that Damascus and Jerusalem had a peace treaty in place and a good working relationship. She reminded him much in that tone that yes. Ami just portrayed. <laughs> Both women advised the men to attack Aleppo instead, which made more sense strategically to take back because it was closer to Edessa.
0: I of the women are like, do you really need our help with this? Like,
1: they, they were basically like, your plan is dumb. You're going to piss off the one Islamic ally we have in the area and yeah. that city is closer to odessa you can literally take the city put our forces there <laughs> and launch your attack i'm
0: not trying to say i'm smarter than <laughs> you but like we are much smarter than you just do this
1: <laughs> so despite telling them like hey your plan is done predictably <laughs> louis conrad and baldwin all refused to heed their advice and decided to attack damascus How'd that work out for him rachel This blatant breach of the peace treaty meant that Damascus would never trust the Crusader states again, and Jerusalem would suffer the broken alliance for several generations to come. All because they didn't listen to Melisande or Eleanor. Yeah, because they love to think that they're smarter because they have
0: an appendage swinging between their legs, when really it makes them dumber.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is the story (laughs) of Queen Melisande of Jerusalem. Heck
0: yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, she's really cool. And there are very few women who got to, like, rule completely on their own. Yeah. In this period.
0: Yeah, and not, like, they took it for themselves. Yeah. is like,
1: her father was like, Nefarious. yes,
0: <laughs> you, you are more than we capable to it.
1: Or they weren't denied, like, yeah. Empress Matilda. Yep. So, my sources for this episode. Um, huge shout out to the book, Queens of Jerusalem by Catherine I think it's pin um she she basically is providing me all of the material for like the next several episodes Hell yes. so I'm, i love
0: when you get like one book and you're yes. Like, yes
1: i'm i was super ecstatic to like find this book in a random like used bookstore really oh cool. yeah she's a really good writer too so
0: awesome that always makes it much better much more helpful
1: and then uh of course the wikipedia the wikipedia's And a finn (laughs) in. So, do you want to do a random question, or do you want to find out if you are a poet, a king, or whatever that quiz is? I feel like uh... I'll read it.
0: Okay, yeah, let's do it on yours because my phone is dying. (laughs) Okay, so remind everyone what this quiz is.
1: This is the is a personality quiz to find out if you are a poet, a king, or a soldier.
0: Hell yes. Okay.
1: Some of the questions are short and some are long, so. (laughs) Okay. What is duty? An excuse, violence, or undeniable?
0: Oh, that's hard.
1: Undeniable? Undeniable. (laughs) And only because
0: that's, like, the better of the three?
1: (laughs) I think I chose that, too. If you were to hold a crown, would it be covered in blood, the one of the guilty? Would it be covered in blood, the one of the innocent's? Or would it be covered in blood, your own? I want to say my own. The throne looks right at you, like something to be destroyed, or golden and covered in flowers. I kind
0: of like the last one.
1: Golden and covered in flowers? (laughs) Yeah. The sword is in your mouth, pray you won't choke on it. That's aggressive. Is in your hands, you picked it up yourself, or is at your side, it bore your name long before you did.
0: Oh damn! The last two were like awesome. Um, it's in your hand. You picked it up yourself. Is that your side? It bore your name long before you did.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go
0: with. Is in your hands. Okay.
1: You picked it up yourself. Yeah. You chose it. Yeah. There are rules. How many? None. And you will keep it this way. One. And you will follow it. Or too many, alas. This I did not think I was going
0: to have to think on this. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. (laughs) See, my mind goes into like, what rules are we talking about? What kind of rules are we talking about? I would say...
1: Too many, alas. Pick something fucked up. (laughs) Bodies. Parents. Or names. Can I say names just because this fucking podcast? <laughs> Five names. <laughs> you can, yes. Uh, a fear. Despite all your attempts, you have never been a healer. You hurt people and they leave and you are alone in a room full of silence. You sing to try and forget, but it doesn't work.
0: Oh my God, this is so aggressive. Okay. Yeah, I told you.
1: <laughs> you did your best and it wasn't enough. You tried and failed and kept trying and it wasn't enough. You had the power to change things and it wasn't enough. You left the world a worse place than you found it or worse. You left it identical. You were useless. Oh my God. And the third, the war is still not over or maybe it ended years ago, but you were too angry to realize your wounds have stopped healing. You keep going as if you had something to prove to the devil.
0: That last one.
1: (laughs) I chose the, uh, the first one about you've never been a healer no matter how long you've how hard you've tried honestly
0: that second one that you've never been enough is like
1: they're all so good yeah (laughs) it's just like that is those are all story prompts right there yeah there's a home waiting for you i promise what does it have windows someone else or peace windows i love windows i don't have enough in my house (laughs) (laughs) you enter a town it is something to breathe in something to make yours or something to accept Something to breathe in. Although it probably smells. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> you leave the town and you leave it broken, quietly, or laughing? Laughing.
0: When you say laughing, do we mean the maniacal <laughs> laughing or are we like giddily laughing because we made friends with everyone? That is the question. Because I'm giddily laughing because I made friends with everyone. <laughs> I'm not killing anyone in the town unless they piss me up. <laughs>
1: why this quiz is so interesting <laughs>
0: well that's why like i struggled in the fir- with the first questions i'm like oh my god what do you mean there's so many different ways that you can mean this i panicked your at interpretation <laughs> i panic full on i'm just like nope can't do it
1: <laughs> pick a quote and make it about love oh dear come and be human with me so i wait for you like a lonely house till you will see me again and live in me till then my windows ache
0: <laughs> interesting
1: you're trembling, but he reaches over and he touches you like a prayer for which no words exist.
0: Ooh. Huh. You're trembling, but he reaches over.
1: And it's You're about
0: person. love. Oh, I can't decide between the first one or the last one. I think I'm going to go with... Uh, come and be human with me.
1: They're all so good. I know.
0: <laughs> that last one is more romantic. Yeah, but that first one is more real.
1: That first one is like, yeah, come make me feel comfortable to be myself. Yeah, come yeah. be flawed with me. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's so
0: beautiful. <laughs> Stop! <before> I don't
1: <laughs> The one who hurt you haunts you in your nightmares. They say, "I love you," "I forgive you," or "I am disappointed in you." Fuck me. <laughs> um. yeah.
0: I feel like I'm going to say I love you only because I am disappointed in you. It's been said enough in my life.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to cry for you. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) What does your anger feel like? Oh, here we go. Like a curse. You don't know if you were born with the anger in your veins or if it just stuck after a while. You hate it, but it's all you have. All of this would be great writing prompts. Yes. (laughs) Like a rebellion. You are angry because not enough people are, and because anger is a strength in a world of apathy. Ooh. Like shame. You're not supposed to feel angry. Angry or anger is ugly, you tell yourself. You refuse to look in the mirror. You're afraid of what you might see. I'm going to go with like a rebellion. That's the one I picked. Yeah. You're angry because not enough people are. Yeah.
0: Like a curse is a strong second. God, that's all so good.
1: <laughs> what is a sin? wrong inevitable or alive alive <laughs> i think i put inevitable
0: i uh, inevitable again close second but
1: <laughs> yeah i know they're all good yeah yeah <laughs> who taught you about guilt the silence I know the world <laughs> or god god because i was <laughs> raised that way <laughs> i put the world
0: oh thor's dreaming
1: oh <laughs> he's growling in his dream how will you die as a consequence, tired or lonely I'm gonna say
0: tired.
1: I think I put as a consequence that
0: I almost did that. One.
1: <laughs> when you die, where will you go? Somewhere good, hell, or anywhere but here. Hmm. Let's do
0: hell. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because I say I'm
1: going to go to hell all the time. <laughs> what is hell anyway? Is it other people? Is it barren, or is it doubt? Other people. <laughs> that's a. I put that too. That's a. That's from a Camus story. Hell is other people. Yeah. Throw a wish to the world. Let me fight. Let me be free. Let me be fine. Let me be free. Who's mine too? Because <laughs> I already fight. Last nail All the time. We are at the end. Hell yeah. It's 3 a.m. What do you ask the ceiling? But how can I sleep with the world in my head? How can you love me with all that I've done? Oh, who is the man I am trying to be?
0: Uh, But how can I sleep with the world in my head? That's what I put to you.
1: Dun, 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 dun! Who am I? Cat is the king or the queen. oh no, I'm the king for sure. (laughs)
0: the florence florence the machine song
1: (laughs) yes there will come a ruler whose brow is laid in thorns smeared with oil like david's boy duty strength resignation you were told to do things and you did them the world is something that was put into your hands and that you must deal with so you will you have a rigid back and steady hands either metaphorically or physically is it nature or nurture you don't know You are tired of being steady. You dream of feeling alive. Not that you aren't, but sometimes it's hard to remember that there is a heart between your ribs. Your love is where you breathe. Come on, breathe. In, out. It starts now. Fuck yeah! Take a
0: screenshot of that and we'll share it. (laughs) Hell yeah! Rachel will remind me to put a post... Um. Uh, for the link to this quiz
1: on our show Hell yeah. Let me see if I can pull up what the poet was. I didn't screenshot it. Yes, okay. So the poet, which is what I got. There will come a poet whose weapon is his word. He will slay you with his tongue. Loneliness, strength, joy. You are powerful, but struggle believing it. You think you're not enough. Here's the truth. You are. You sing songs and hope they carry faith because you have run out of it. And yet you still throw your heart out to the world and hope it makes it through. You convince yourself that pain is art because at least then you will always have something to create. You are tired of stumbling through life. You dream of a ground you can stand on. One day you will dance. Your love is where you feel without fear.
0: Hell yes. That actually, that actually tracks. <laughs> I feel like they both yeah. track for us because I'm definitely like the person who like, takes charge even though i don't want to yeah because i'm like the person who like tries to take hold of the reins even though i probably shouldn't but i feel like if no one else is going to i must yeah and then you are the the dreamer the dreamer and you use your words as weapons and you are like the but also (laughs) yeah well like you're the conscience in the back we're like yeah we've said this before we're like there's ever a zombie apocalypse i would take charge and then you would be like cat maybe don't kill all of them like maybe let's just maybe stop with one (laughs) but like the voice of reason in the back of my head
1: (laughs) i like the idea too that the poet is like always sad and hung up in sadness but they dream for like joy and to dance and be free
0: that is the curse of a writer for sure yeah
1: so yeah we write because the world is not enough for us yeah same reason we read we stare at the ceiling and we just have the world in our heads exactly so yeah, we will put that um, a link to that quiz on our Facebook post. Heck yeah!
0: And if you guys want to take the quiz and then
1: put yeah. your tell us what like, you got, take it. the
0: screenshots and tell us yeah. what you got in the comments. Feel free. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So I, we just oh, we also want to give a shout out before we uh, oh yeah we yes. sign off. So we had a podcast that liked and subscribed to our podcast this past weekend. And their comment was just hilarious enough that we felt like we should uh, give them a shout out. So yeah. their their podcast is Spill the Mead podcast. You can find them on Instagram. Um, and their comment was, okay, we came for the hashtag stay difficult, but we're staying for literally everything else. We yes! can't wait to listen. And I've oh, actually yeah. started listening to them and they're, they're really fun. I, uh, I think the first episode I listened to, because I can't, I, I'm not the type of person who like starts at one and like yeah, goes all the way through. Fair. Like I don't have the focus for that anymore. Um, but I started with their, their – they do an episode on uh, Ragnar. Oh, cool. So I'm listening okay. to that, and it's pretty I'm gonna fun. i to check
1: it out. <laughs> I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah. They're
0: very much like us. They go on crazy tangents, and it's just lots of fun. And yeah. Yeah. So cool. if you guys want another podcast to listen to that's like us, but obviously not as great as us because we're <laughs> awesome. Um, but, like, oh, right there. Yeah, like, right, right there. there. Like, almost tied. But, again, we're awesome. Uh, <laughs> go check out Spill the Meat.
1: Yeah, I haven't checked them out yet, but um, you had sent me that, and I was like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna yeah. check them out." Okay, so yeah. cool. And they I have, love the name. They have fun content on their yeah. on their page too. They're very much more involved. Their in Catherine D'Amici one was so good. Yeah,
0: they do TikToks and yeah. um, whatever. I don't know the <laughs> verbs of the TikTok, but they do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we are on social media. If you guys want to find us at Typical Damsels the podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
1: And you can also email us at difficult.damsels at gmail.com. Woo! And you can support our podcast by rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever your ear holes happen to be listening to yes. us. Yes. And if you happen to have extra coin hanging out in your pocket, extra coinage, <laughs> you can also support us by directly donating a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars to our podcast monthly. A link to the subscription program is in the show notes. Heck yeah. And yeah, hope you enjoyed. Oh, here are the images. Of oh, pictures. We so got these, pictures. Oh, is, is that the Church of the Holy Sep- Sepulchre? <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. I like it. It's so beautiful. And I want to go in there. Here's an oh, picture of the inside. Look
0: at it. Look at the sun beaming down. I know. So it's... the nip of the titty <laughs> is open, so the sun shines through. <laughs> I have to make it as crass as possible
1: simply because it's a church. But like, oh my God, look at, oh, That's just beautiful. the architecture. It's, and it's like a perfect circle. I it's climb so those pillars. Is that weird? No. <laughs> um, I'm going to climb is, all the
0: way to top Assassin's Creed style.
1: This is Melisande's tomb. She was buried next to her mother. Aw, How cute. And then there are, like, cute. no paintings know. of her except of for this not. one medieval painting of okay, her. It's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of
0: reminiscent of the picture we have yeah, as our...
1: Yeah. It, it, that was Empress Matilda at the yeah. same time period. Yeah. It looks like she's saying Boy, bye." She's <laughs> like,
0: I've already dealt with one horrible husband. I don't need another. <laughs> yeah. She
1: looks very just over everything. That's fair. I mean... <laughs> She had to deal with men her whole
0: life, trying to make it, giving unsolicited advice.
1: (laughs) The letters from Bernard of Clairvaux. That's that's literally what she looks like. Every time a letter comes in, she's like, ugh. Not this again. She's like, ugh.
0: Okay, read it, go. (laughs)
1: They're like, call the jester. Get the jester in here. Hurry up. Let's get this over with. We have a play to witness. This
0: is like, oddly, (laughs) the highlight of my day, but also like, the bane of my existence. (laughs) so, here we
1: go. But yeah, so that was on part two. Heck yeah. Join us in two weeks for, I don't know yet. You don't know yet? <laughs> I mean, I. You wrote it, but you don't know who. No, going I haven't. First. I haven't written it yet, oh, but I, I, have a, it. I have a couple I'm like writing. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who I'm going to do, but yeah, we'll see. But yeah. Heck yeah. And as always. Stay difficult. Stay difficult. Woo. Woo.